You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1408. From a wholesale standpoint, there are people who love these deals. They want to buy good assets. They want to buy rentals. They're like, hey, there's a tenant in place. Some of the rent's prepaid. Mm -hmm. I'm buying it below market value. I don't have to do a remodel right now. I don't have to go find the tenant. It's like cash flow from day one. Mm -hmm. So that's just a segment of wholesaling that you know we look for those types of, of buyers. And again, there's not a lot of people generating and sourcing those types of deals. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. In 2012, I met Derek Jar. He was one of my original mentors when it came to real estate investing. He has done over 2,000 wholesale deals, 200 flips. He's built uh, almost 100 houses from the ground up, but today we're talking about something that doesn't get talked about enough, and it's going to be a huge strategy moving forward for the next couple of years, and that is something called a sale leaseback. This is when a property owner wants to sell their property, but they don't want to move for a year or two or three. It's going to be a powerful strategy, so strap in, get ready. This podcast is going to absolutely blow your mind. And I'm telling you, take some notes, take some notes on this one, because it is going to be a strategy that is going to make you an incredible amount of profit in the next couple of years. Derek Jar, we're going to jump right in. What is a sale leaseback and how can wholesalers use this in their business to get some of the deals that are a little bit trickier? Because we do run into situations where we're talking to property owners and they don't want to leave their house. They're like, where am I going to move? I do want to get some money out of my house, but I don't want to move. So what is a sale leaseback and how can we start using this moving forward? Yeah. Uh, so I think sale leasebacks have a lot of benefit to homeowners because where are they going to go right now? There's no inventory. If they've got some financial issues, maybe they can't find another house, obviously not to buy, but maybe not even to rent. Yeah. And, you know, the pain of moving is not fun, right? I mean, sure. we've, we've moved probably a lot as real estate guys and it's it's not always the most glamorous thing to do. So I just think in, in wholesaling, if you can separate yourself from the crowd, uh, you know, a lot of cash buyers, a lot mm -hmm. of wholesalers out there trying to make offers. And if you can bring a benefit to the table that most other people aren't, then you're going to have a chance to have a conversation with that person and work a deal. So isn't there a fear though? Like, okay, I'm going to buy this, buy this house, or I'm going to, I'm going to put together this wholesale deal where the homeowner stays in the property. But then what if they don't make their payments? Yeah. What happens when, you know, I mean, I would assume that they want to sell and lease it back and get some of the money because they need money for something. Maybe they're just not really financially responsible. Like, yeah. What's your thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of different use cases, I think, for it. I mean, we see uh, divorce a lot where one of the spouses wants to get the heck out of the house, right? And the other one wants to stay, but the one leaving needs some money. Yeah. Um, maybe they banged up their credit and they can't refinance, especially with rates the way they are right now. So I, th I think from an investor standpoint, you know, you, you have to underwrite the property, you have to underwrite the person as mm -hmm. well. I mean, you want them to have a job, you want them to have some sort of stability or at least think they do. I mean, sure. We get tricked sometimes, but yeah, there, there is some that, that risk. But if you're going to be in the game of owning rentals and holding properties, like you got to be able to manage people and, and deal with the stuff that comes up. 
So walk me through a sale leaseback, okay? okay? Your company, Stay Frank, yes. which I love that. Yeah, it's thanks. just a beautiful branding. <laughs> uh, Stay Frank, you guys specialize in putting together these deals, and then you're essentially wholesaling them to funds or to individual investors that want to hold these in their portfolio or keep them yourself, correct? Right. Yep, yep. Absolutely. So you've got a property owner. The property is in what kind of condition? Um, they're usually in better condition. I mean, okay. we, we you know we started off uh, sourcing deals for all the big funds that were you know aggregating these big portfolios of properties throughout the southeast uh, part of the country, and so they wanted newer vintage homes. They wanted two thousand or newer, uh, nineteen ninety or newer, sometimes nineteen eighty or newer. If if they're a little bit more liberal in their in their buy box, yeah. I mean, so you're gonna go find deals where people. The houses are in okay condition. They probably have some deferred maintenance, but it's the person that has the financial distress. Right. And they can't solve it themselves. Maybe they've been turned down by a refinance. Maybe they've had to file bankruptcy, whatever the situation might be. Yeah. And so treat me like the seller. Okay. You're sitting down. I say, listen, I need to get some money in my house. I can't refinance. They won't give me any money from a refinance. How can you help me? So I think the first thing is uh, we always want to identify ourselves as what we do in business, right? So we're always we're reaching out to homeowners who maybe they're thirty day late in their mortgage, or maybe they've been declined for for a mortgage or refinance, and we're asking them like, what is it you need to do? How much money do you need? What do you need that money for? And so we asked them flat out, like, well, why don't you just sell this house and move? Well, I just don't want to. Right. You know, my wife will kill me. My daughter's in seventh grade. I want her to finish middle school or she's a junior in high school. I got three dogs, you know, whatever the situation is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that pain of moving is far greater than maybe I'm going to sell my house at a little bit of a discount and get less than if I could go in the market. But that benefit of staying in that house is so valuable to those people. So yeah. We would just kind of walk through that and go, look, let's go through your options. You can sell on the market. No, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to move. Okay. Well, how are you going to, you're two months behind your mortgage. You have $30,000 of credit card debt and your wife just got laid off and you got $2,000 in your savings. Mm-hmm. So this is going to go one or two ways. You're going to deal with it now or you're going to deal with it later and sure. it's going to be more painful. Right. That's where that frank thing comes in because, you know, in real estate and wholesaling, like we got to be very frank with people. We got to be very matter of fact with right. people. Um, and so that's how we talk. To we, we call it truth telling and truth seeking. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're truth tellers and truth seekers. We're trying to let them know exactly what the service is that we provide. If it's a cash offer, it's a cash offer, but you're talking essentially it's a cash offer, but they're, they're also able to stay in this property. They're going to pay rent for a while. And then what they have the option to buy it back. Yeah. In some cases. Yeah. So it's, it's a sell now move later. This is not perpetual hope, right? This is not a loan. You know, it's like, hey, if you can get money from selling your house today, but didn't have to move for a year or two or three. We run into it all the time. Yeah. What, yeah. what might that look like? And so that's that's really the, the the benefits of it. The sellers, sometimes they don't have income. Like we just signed a deal yesterday in Orlando. This woman divorced, was in a custody battle over her son for, I don't know, five some years, she drained all her savings, racked up some credit card debt. But she had bought her house cash. So at one point, she had the wherewithal to actually buy a house and yeah. buy it with cash. Yeah. But now she's jammed up. She doesn't have a job. She's like, I know I can sell this house and get more, but the benefit of staying and keeping my son that I just fought for whoops, mm-hmm. uh, in the house is really important. So yeah. she was able to sell at a discount. We prepaid two years of rent out of her proceeds and away we go. And we did give her the option to buy back actually. And that is her intention yeah. to buy back. So what percentages are we looking at here? Because if we're looking at a property that needs a lot of renovation, you know, a typical wholesale deal, Mm -hmm. right? Where 
there's a lot of potential equity, mm-hmm. but we're buying them in as-is condition. So we're looking at anywhere from 10% to 25% to 50% of the fixed value we're offering. What is the percentage that you're you're buying these deals at? Typically, we're going to be around 80% of what we think is ARV. Okay. And you know we're, we could probably be a little bit more aggressive with that because again, remember, these aren't fixture houses, right? I mean, these are move-in ready mm-hmm. uh, houses. I mean, maybe you need a fresh coat of paint, carpet's clean, but typically, uh, you know, there's no, there's no roof issues. Like there's not stuff out of the caption or kitchen cabinet walls. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so they're better, better houses, better condition. So 80% and then are they paying full market rents? Yeah. So we, we structure a deal where we pay up to 80%. And then sometimes, so it, it kind of works like financing. Um, like maybe we have a deal now where we're only going to pay 60%, mm-hmm. but their option to buy back mm-hmm. is going to be around 70% in two years. So you can be really flexible and creative in these deals based on what does that homeowner need and then what's the value of the property. But as a general rule, up to 80%, we always have them pay market rent for their lease. Mm -hmm. But out of that market rent, they prepay a portion of it depending on their income. So Mm -hmm. if someone has no income, they prepay it all. If someone makes... Like we don't want someone paying fifty or sixty percent of their income towards the rent. Of course. So typically, we like to say we'll have you pay about a third of your monthly income mm-hmm. towards that market rent, and then the rest is prepaid. That way, it's an affordable payment along the way through the yeah. life of the lease. Trying to set them up for success, obviously. You know? Right. As you know, you give people a bunch of cash, and all of a sudden they get really, you know, have a lot of fun, and they blow sure. cash, and then they can't make a payment. So. So buy sell now move later yeah. is really the approach though yes. because they want to stay in that house they want the money from the house but they're not i would i would assume they're not really thinking they're going to buy it back i mean look we just started so early on in my career 20 years ago we were doing a lot of options to buy back with people in pre foreclosure right and i think that was really a bucket of hope um, I mean, those people, if you're in foreclosure, you're probably not going to be able to get a loan in a year and maybe not two years, no matter right. what kind of credit repair you do. Sure. So there's probably more hope and like, oh, someday I'll be in a better situation. I didn't have a lot of people to buy their house back. Right. I had people that stayed as tenants. Um, I actually have a deal in Chandler, 18 years, sale lease back. Lady was in foreclosure. We uh, reinstated her mortgage. that was in foreclosure and she's been a tenant for 18 years in this house. So sale leasebacks can be great and they can mm-hmm. go for a long time. But with the option to buy back, I think, I think people are like, you know what? I know I don't want to live here forever. Yeah. You know, and we ask them that like, Hey, how long do you plan to live in this house? Ah, three years, four years, five years. Um, some people don't know, mm-hmm. but then you start to say, okay, well, what if we can bring that event forward, get you that money and then just move kind of on your terms when things are a little bit better. Yeah. So I had asked you in front of a lot of the a lot of the Rhino Tribe members here in the office here. On Fridays we do office meetings. So mm. I show my whole scoreboard, I show exactly where all our leads come from. All the local Rhino Tribe members come in. It's fantastic. And I, I asked you, why are you doing this? Why not just wholesale? Why not just do regular wholesale? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this that, seems complicated. Yeah. Yeah. By it way, seems that, like you got to you got to build a relationship with the seller for a long time. It's a very specific avatar. Yeah. Like, why do this? 
Well, I, th- I think from a wholesaling standpoint, again, I want to be able to have a unique selling proposition when I'm going to talk to those homeowners. So I want to be able to offer them something I know most people aren't mm-hmm. or can't because I think that gives me a competitive advantage as an acquisition guy. Sure. So I think that's first thing. From a wholesale standpoint, there are people who love these deals. They want to buy good assets. They want to buy rentals. They're like, hey, there's a tenant in place. Some of the rent's prepaid. Mm-hmm. I'm buying it below market value. I don't have to do a remodel right now. I don't have to go find the tenant. It's like cash flow from day one. Mm-hmm. So that's just a segment of wholesaling that you know we look for those types of, of buyers. And again, there's not a lot of people generating and sourcing those types of deals. So I think what I said to you though is like, well, I just like to be different, right? Uh, which is always not always to my benefit, <laughs> but I just I want to do it differently. And then from an investor, I think building wealth through owning rentals is a great way to build wealth. Right. So right. When did you start real estate? I want to get into this a little bit here yeah. because you are, I mean, you've taught me an incredible amount. I mean, one of my early mentors in in creative finance, in putting together deals. We met each other during the short sale era, mm-hmm. during the real estate owned, the bank foreclosure era, all yeah. of that. I mean, you've done it all. You've knocked doors. Mm-hmm. You've done pretty much every kind of creative finance deal possible. We were involved in a creative finance deal yeah. that uh, that is still going on yeah. right now. Yeah. So what got you into real estate? Thanks for the kind words, by the way. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I remember uh, I used to feel like I was the young guy learning from older guys. And I guess it's funny how that life goes on. I sure. guess we're, lu- we're lucky, right? That we-, we 20 years to- later. Yeah, 20 yeah. years later. It's nuts. So, you know, I had, uh, I dropped out of college to go be an entrepreneur selling nutritional supplements in a a direct sales uh, company where I was like, I was going to be in the top of the pyramid and it was going to be great. Sure. And uh, that was uh, interesting for a while. And then, you know, I think, I think at the time I saw some infomercial about uh, no money down real estate, investing Carlton sheets or something like that. I'm like, I'm going to get in real estate. I mean, everyone knows you can make money in real estate. Uh, I think we all think it's easy until we do it. But, but the reality is, so I got my license, um, how much the story want, but I got my license in 2002 because I want to have access to the MLS. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was planning on buying houses to fix up and sell. I didn't know about wholesaling. Right. I didn't know about off-market stuff at all. I didn't know that world existed. Yeah. So I got involved. I bought my first house August 2nd of 2002, which happened to be about five months after I got evicted from my apartment and my car got repoed. So that was back in the time where you could just get a loan, even if your car got repoed and yeah. you were evicted from yeah, the apartment. Sure. So yeah. So it was a house I wanted to fix. I was going to live in it and I was going to fix it up and then sell it. And I couldn't sell it after I fixed it up. So I kept living in it. Mm-hmm. And then I turned it into a rental and then I bought another one and went on and on and on from there. Yeah. So, yeah. But you've done it all. I mean, you have developed ground up yeah. multi-million dollar properties. Yeah. I mean, how many flips do you think you've done? I mean, I, I built 97 homes, I think. Um, ground like up. Ground up. Somewhere on 95, 97 homes, something like that. Uh, too many. Yep. Uh, it sounds a lot better than it was for me, at least. And then, I, I don't know, remodel flips, a couple hundred or something like that. Not. A t- I, I started doing a lot more wholesale. I mean, I've wholesaled uh, probably not 2000 homes, but it's getting close to that. Right. So yeah. Two, guys, 2000 homes wholesaled, 200 flips, almost a hundred ground up construct. I mean, yeah. you've done it all. 
Yeah. And now you're here and you yeah. like this model. Yeah. You love, love this model. Love yeah. Like why, why not develop? Why not flip? Why not hold? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you just want to be different or are you seeing something that other people aren't seeing? Because one of your superpowers, in my opinion, just being around you is you peer around corners. You've always been like six to nine months ahead, which is very exciting that you're on the wholesaling Inc. podcast right now, yeah. because now everybody gets to to share in, in your, you know, kind of peering around the corner, yeah. your vision of what's going to happen. So what's yeah. going to happen? What do I you mean, see? Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, like why say a lease back? I can tell you as an entrepreneur, as a real estate guy, there's been a couple of times in my, in my career where I've been very house rich and cash poor sure. and selling my house and getting access to a good amount of capital was very meaningful and important to me while I figured out my next move. You know, our program is more designed for probably 550 and below type houses. Um, my house is a little bit nicer than that or different, more expensive than that, I guess you could say. But but if I could have sold my house, cashed out less than if I would have sold it on the market, but had that cash to solve some pain I had, some needs I had, and still kept my family living in that home, my wife might like me a little bit better than sure. when we had to sell and move. But anyway, so so I think there's a little bit of personal, like I really believe genuinely in the utility that a sale, this utility of that sale leaseback. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, we've all been in challenging times financially, but these people are, I mean, they're staring at the ceiling in the middle of the night. Like, how do I solve my problem? It's creating stress at their work. It's creating stress with their the relationships, creating stress with their kids. So I looked at this like, hey, here's a way to kind of reset you financially, mm -hmm. give you some room to breathe, but keep the continuity of a home. Sure. A home is so important, yeah. right? So we really look for we look for families or or people with kids or or dependents or dogs because we the benefit of living in that house really has to be important has to be the driving decision, and I really think from a business standpoint the emergence of all these alternative type financing companies that are coming in the market fractional ownership for vacation homes. Mm -hmm. um, you can buy shares of rental homes now through some of these companies that are out there. I think more and more people as as homeowners they're just open to different ways of quote unquote financing, you know, their home. Yeah. So I like to be different. I like to be, like you said, on the cutting edge. And I think this is just, we're just at the beginning of it, of what's going to happen for these type of, these types of offers. Do you think that, so 2022, 5 million sales, 5 million houses sold. 2023, it's 4 million. Okay. You think 2024, we're going to go back to 5 million or you think we're going to stay at 4 million? Yeah. You think there's still going to be people that have that frozen inventory because they've got great loans. Mm -hmm. They've got that sub 5% loans. Yeah. If they sold their house now, they're getting half the house for the same payment. Right. 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 What do you think? Yeah. So definitely not a doomsday, but I, I seem to work better in distressed markets uh, for whatever that reason is. Sure. So I kind of welcome that opportunity, you know, to solve problems. There's usually a lot of, a lot of money to be made if you're solving problems. So I think actually we'll see more transactions in 2024 mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you know, oxygen runs out. I mean, there's a lot of people right now that have been coasting on fumes based on what's happened in the last few years and they're going to have to tap out. Like, I, I love when people tell me like, oh, well, no one's going to sell their house because of the rate. Well, guess what? It's like when Mike Tyson says, hey, everyone's got a good plan to get punched in the face. Right. Well, you have a 2% mortgage, but when you lose your job and you have no savings and your credit cards are maxed. Mm -hmm. 
guess what you do? You sell your house. You mm. don't care what your rate is. Or you sell a lease back. Yes. So you get back on your feet. That's right. That's where you're seeing the opportunity. That's right. That's where we're seeing it. Wow. Yeah. Um, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it all clear. Yeah. This is really powerful stuff. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the the Rhino Tribe, the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, we, we need to hear these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because at least for me and my business, we're very focused, cash offers, ugly houses, go find those deals. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. I think that there's going to be more opportunities where the distress is really that job loss. The yeah. distress isn't necessarily these houses that are run down or inherited or anything like that. It's just regular people losing because that's how they're curbing inflation mm -hmm. is by pulling back job growth. Yeah, they have to. That's, I mean, you got to shrink wow. wages, yep. right? You know, so that people can't keep spending and spending and spending. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you guys probably see it too, but part of our application process for our sale lease backs is we have people, we have the homeowners take photos of their house and send us a copy of their recent mortgage statement. Mm -hmm. So we're looking to see, are they behind? What's their rate? Do they have a set aside balance? And literally we got to the closing table on a deal in Houston last month, the month before. And a couple of days before, when we got the they got the payoffs finally, there was a si silent second through HUD, mm -hmm. which was almost two years of forbearance of no payments on that mortgage. And literally that homeowner signed that loan mod. They take all their back payments, set it aside. Mm -hmm. And on their monthly statement, it's not even listed on there. So all the homeowner thinks like, oh, I owe 200 grand. And then all of a sudden there's like, what's this $50,000 over here for? And it killed our whole deal. My point is that we're going to see more and more people that have to deal with that stuff at some point. It's kind of an old man saying, but a mentor of mine's like, the pig has to work its way through the snake. The snake has eaten the pig, but it's got to work its way through. Like mm -hmm. there's a bit, there's a lot of bloat. There's a lot of issues right now. They have to work themselves out. Got it. So anyway. Yeah. When you got started, how did you get your first deals? Um, so when I got started wholesaling, um, I started knocking on doors. You personally? Me personally. Yeah. So I went to like a local uh, RIA and yeah. uh, I was like, oh my God, this is great. I'm going to be rich tomorrow. And I can't, I can't wait to get started. I didn't have a job. So it was perfect. I needed to do something. And uh, I met this guy. He's like, Hey, I got a list of uh, foreclosures. Uh, if you want to knock on some doors, we can maybe chop some deals up. I'm like, like what's a foreclosure? Like, how does it even work? I don't even know. <laughs> so I remember I met him and I went to like six different houses, like West Valley, East Valley, North Phoenix. And um, I think I talked to one person who kind of like shooed me off their, their yeah. porch. And I'm like, forget this. This is not me. This is not my jam. Yeah. And I went back. I was, I was trying to, to do some mortgages at that time and trying to do a couple of traditional real estate deals. And uh, I found that, oh, you can actually like buy this data. You can get the list of people that go into foreclosure daily. It's called Net Value Central. Mm -hmm. You have Net Value Central. NBC, but, yeah. yeah. And anyway, so I was like, okay, well, now I can farm my own area. You know, I can go knock doors like right around where I live. So I called it my paper route. Yeah. So every day I print, I print off the paper, you know, there's maybe before MapQuest, I don't really know. And I would kind of like make a little directional thing and I'd go knock on doors and I'd leave handwritten notes. Most of the deals I got were from handwritten notes. What, you, what would you write? Just like, hey, um, my name is Derek. I live in the neighborhood. Just stopping by to talk to you about the house situation. And, you know, leave a little curiosity. Just be kind of, hey, I learned early on from a guy's like, look, to negotiate real estate deals, it should be like two guys talking on the back of a pickup truck. Right. What's going on? Yeah, yeah maybe I can help you with that. What if we do this? 
how might that feel? You know? Yeah. So yeah. So started knocking on doors, very archaic uh, way of doing it, but uh, you see all kinds of stuff when you knock on doors of pre foreclosures. Oh yeah. I informed many of spouses that their house was in foreclosure that they were not aware of. And I'm not sure what happened after I, <laughs> after that, but uh, you know, anyway, you gotta be frank with people. You gotta That's tell it. them what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Truth teller, truth seeker. Yes. That's it. So you just started getting deals from door knocking and then just grew and grew and grew and grew from there. I mean, you had one of the the top boutique brokerages for a while, Green Street Real Estate, Green Street Realty. Yeah. And you were doing a ton of short sales and you were doing a ton of flips and development and all those things. But you always had like a decent portfolio as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I was doing I was doing some fix and flips, and then I learned about wholesaling. And so then I like the people that are in pre-foreclosure, I would get all their letters from all the cash home buyers. Mm-hmm. And I'd start calling those guys, go, look, you got any deals? I'm a buyer. Or if I have a deal, can I send you a deal? You would call, you would go on appointments for pre-foreclosures to get their mail yeah, that I, people were sending them and call those people up. Oh yeah. I give them, I give them money. I go, here's 20 bucks, 40 bucks. Give me a stack of those letters. First of all, because now you can't call them. You have to call me back. Right. right? But B, those guys are spending money to market. Like, I want their deal flow, yeah. you know, or I want them to help me sell my deals. So, yeah, that's what, that's what we started doing. And um, I, God, so much stuff. But uh, I remember knocking on the door, starting doing short sales. Uh, I did a short sale in 2003 mm-hmm. uh, when I first started. A guy had a second and a third mortgage. Yeah. yeah. They went up to like 100. Do you remember this? They went I, to 125% loan to value. Oh, I know. They would lend 25% Stated. more. You yeah. didn't even have to show, right. you know. Anything. Yeah. You could just state your income. Yeah. Didn't have to prove it. Yeah. So we were doing sale leasebacks as the market was going 2005, 2006, 2007, wholesale them to investors who could get those 100% state income loans. Yep. And then I'll never forget, I was in Colorado with my friend Mark on it and uh, he got like an email that state income, no more. And that was the beginning of the Great Recession. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, well, looks like we're gonna do a bunch of short sales and figure this thing out. Right. And uh that was some fun flipping short sales. Yeah. You did a lot of them. Yeah. Did a lot of them. Did a lot of them. A lot of them. Amazing. So guys, if you have questions, by the way, if this, if there's anything confusing about uh, a sale leaseback, I encourage you to go to the Brent Daniels YouTube channel and put a comment in the uh, comment section of this video and we'll respond. Either Derek will respond or I'll respond. Yeah. Um, we want this to be a dialogue so that there's no mystery to this. So when you run across somebody that is in a financial situation and they need to unlock the equity from their house and sell it now, but move later, you have all the tools that you need to be able to to do that. And you, you're working with a lot of our students. You're working mm-hmm. with a lot of people around the country just to, they bring in the lead and you split the deals with them just yeah. going through your stay frank process, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's a understand how to kind of underwrite the deals uh, and knowing what the capital wants, how they want to see them structured yeah. uh, is really important. But the biggest thing and the biggest value is identifying a homeowner that has that need and wants the benefit of staying in the house. And then once we get to that point, then we can start to work the numbers on yeah. it. And like I said, there's so many different ways you can structure a deal with these. It's, you know, they want, if they have to prepay rent and then they want three years, but then their proceeds are less and you just bring it down to two years and they get more proceeds. There's all these kind of like levers, yeah. you know, on little it. knobs you can turn. Yeah. What's the end game for real with real estate for you? You did the development. You were having fun with it. I think you had visions to be a big yeah. development company. Yeah. Realized what the margins were and the mm-hmm. risk was mm-hmm. in that business. Yeah. So are you going to own apartments? Are you going to develop the apartments? Are you going to 
Do you like commercial? Do you like a, a thousand single family? Like what is your retirement plan? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, wow. That's a big, big question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, so honestly, right now I have twin boys are 13. They're in eighth grade. They're in sports. I love sports. I love coaching. This next four and a half years is a really important time as they go through high school and, sure. and for me. So I think this is not the answer to your question, but in a way it is. I ask myself that all the time. You know, I think both of us probably you have to, we have to balance life and we have to, to make, make time for things because we're, we're driven. We want to accomplish things. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I, like you said, I've, I've been fortunate. I've had some pretty good success in my life and I've taken some hits in my life. You know, it's sometimes things are good and sometimes they're different, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm not doing things today because I'm bored. You know, I, I need to go make some money again. I want to go build some companies. And I think the single family rental asset class to me, being a simple house guy, there's so many different dispositions you can do. You can sell it on terms. You can rent it. You can sell it to an investor. You can sell it to a retail buyer. Mm -hmm. So I love the house business. And right now, with the strategy of buying subject to mm -hmm. the existing low-rate mortgages, sure. I think we have an opportunity in the next couple of years with what's happening in the market and people needing to sell, mm -hmm. combining with buying some of those properties subject to, mm -hmm. to control a huge number of houses. Mm. And I used to think I needed like, you know, thousands, but hundred houses, a couple hundred houses, you're much not too bad, you know? Yeah. Who manages those? Yeah. Well, here's the great thing. I think with the emergence of this, the single family rental asset class getting institutionalized by big capital, New York funds, hedge funds, you have all these vendors and all these companies, tech companies that now make property management so much more uh, streamlined than ever before. Sure. So that we're going to outsource all that stuff. You know, you got all this stuff through apps where people can submit repair requests. They can do move-in checklists, move-out checklists. Mm. So there's a lot of those awesome. cool things to, yeah. to do. And as far as Stay Frank goes, I mean, I, I really believe in and that we have an opportunity to kind of build some enterprise value in this company, kind of position ourselves as a, as a company that offers homeowners with financial need different alternative programs yeah. when they're locked out of the uh, traditional one. So we're going to take a crack. Uh, I'm going to assemble some great talent, people smarter than me, and sure. hopefully have a chance to, to create some value. So somebody listening and watching this runs across an opportunity like this mm -hmm. with a property owner. How can they get your help in this, your company's help in this, State Frank's help in this? Sure, yeah. Um, What's the avenue there? I mean, I, I think, I mean, like like literally, like what, what yeah. communication avenue yeah. are you saying? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can share my contact information. I mean, we have a we have a portal for leads uh, on our website as well too. I think the stay big, frank and, yeah and stayfrank.com. I think listen, I love talking about sale leasebacks, obviously. So genuinely, I mean, I'm happy to talk to people about how to structure them or what you look for. And um, yeah, love to love to partner with some people on. So on just go to stayfrank.com, put in your information there. Yeah, and you or somebody else in your company will, will absolutely will uh, underwrite the deal. Yeah. Awesome. Find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever you want. Message would be happy to talk. Awesome. Yeah. We'll put those links in the show notes. So definitely reach out because a lot of people are going to be interested in this. I, I, I think it's going to be a really great uh, lead source for a long time, for at yeah. least a couple of years, two, yeah. two, three years, you know, going through all this economic kind of turbulence that's going on, right? right. Getting the inflation down. They have to curb the, the services industry, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, because goods are now at four and a half, but services are still at 6%, 7% inflation, and they want to get it down to 2%. And that means job loss, means job unfortunately. Loss. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, there's always overcorrection that stuff, right? Sure. Like, you know, people are, uh, I love our, some of our real estate friends or mortgage, mortgage friends are complaining about the rates. Like, well, they weren't complaining about when they're two yeah, and sure. three and they're, you know, going to the bank with forklifts of money, you know, and yeah. now it's just a little different. It's like, what's the, what they say the, the market giveth and the market taketh sometimes, That's you right. know? So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good couple of years for sure for opportunities. Awesome. Speak now to everybody out there that's just getting started. Maybe this is their first podcast that they're listening to okay. here on Wholesaling Inc. or watching this on the Brent Daniels YouTube channel. How do people get their first deal? What would you tell? What would you tell your boys? You know, 17, 18, they're like, Dad, I love real estate. I want to do this. I want to go out and find my first deal. Yeah. Well, you know, like everything in life starts with an intention. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think getting really clear on like, what what's my intention of, of going out and doing deals? Like, what am I, what problem am I trying to solve or, or what solution am I trying to offer people? What's my end game? Um, so you got to start there. You got to figure out like, why am I going to do this? Am I going to wholesale? Am I going to remodel? Am I going to buy rentals? Whatever it might be. You know, there's, there's a saying called talk to people. You That's know, it. Right? And I've said it to my guys all over the years. Like, look, if I told you right now, if you talk to a hundred people a day, mm-hmm. five days a week for a year, that you would have $100,000 in your bank account. It was a contract, ironclad, and there's no way that you could void it. But you had to talk to 100. If you missed one day of talking to 99, the contract was void. Mm-hmm. Make it a million bucks, you sure. know, maybe. But you know, you can get a million bucks a year for talking to 100 people a day. Mm-hmm. We do it. Yeah. So it's like it starts with belief. It starts with conviction. It starts with that intention. Mm-hmm. And ask questions. I think in sales, we think that we have to have all the answers. Or we need to know the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. We got to listen, yeah. you know, we got to pay attention. Like, what does this person need? Like, what, what are they trying to accomplish? And I think so many people, like, we want to impress them with our sales or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. where it's like, can you sell a homeowner on a deal by only asking them questions? Right. Just it. And if you just ask questions, people tell you, what would make you want to sell this house? You know, and they'll tell you how to close them mm-hmm. if you just ask the questions and listen. So, that's a little bit more mindset stuff probably, which sure. is kind of my nature to approach things, but getting a list, list of data, making phone calls, getting a direct mail campaign. I mean, it depends on obviously what your budget might be, but you got to be taking reps. My personal, and we're doing this now, I personally like to look at who else is spending money on marketing mm-hmm. that some of those marketing dollars are being wasted because they can't monetize them. And go, hey, can I help you try and turn your leads that you have into money? Hmm. So I was talking to one of your guys before about he does agent outreach. Mm-hmm. By the way, agent outreach next couple of years, guess who's not making money right now? Mm-hmm. Agents. Mm-hmm. So if you can go to real estate agents and you can show them how you can help them make money, dude, it's over. Yeah. Game time. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I don't know. That's that, those are my thoughts, awesome. I guess, on what I would do. Awesome. Yeah. Derek Jar. <laughs> so great yeah. to have yeah. you on here. Absolutely. We're going to have to Thank have you, you on here. As a regular guest, there's so much more I want to crack into that. Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss has this great um, line that uh, everything you want to know is already in somebody else's brain. Yeah. And questions are the pickaxe to to find the gold. Yeah. So Very you true. got so much gold in that brain. I want to uh, share with yeah. the Rhino Tribe and the Wholesaling Geek. So thank you for right. being on here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Appreciate awesome. It. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive community in real estate investing, it is the Rhino Tribe. Go to wholesalinginc.com, wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. Check out the testimonials. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call and we look forward to working with you personally. And that's it. I am Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, and I sign off, as I always do, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Love you guys. See you next time. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.